We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chat, explain to me, man, before left comes back. Explain to me what a Notre Dame kid is. Because when you say that, it, it just reeks of arrogance to me. Explain to me what a Notre Dame kid is. When all, are all the Prop 48 kids that won the national championship in 1988, are they Notre Dame kids? I'm just wondering, what's a Notre Dame kid? Explain to me what a Notre Dame, what a Notre Dame kid is. Explain to me. Because the last time you won a national championship, you won with a coach that went out and got the best talent and the most talented kids from all around the country. What is a Notre Dame? What is a Notre Dame kid? I can go all around this country to kids. Georgia just remember the national championship team? This is the joke, right? Remember the national championship kid team? When Georgia had all of those, they won the first championship. I know everybody be like, yeah, but they don't go to class. I think they had like four kids that graduated with masters from that class. The starting linebacker, middle linebacker, was like a 4.2, something like that. And then Lewis Seen, the starting safety, was taking his NIL money, investing, and was meeting with Fortune 500 companies on how to invest his money as a 3.9 student. See, that's that ignorance I'm talking about. Get over yourself. There are kids all over this national landscape that play college football that don't go to Notre Dame, that actually go to class, pass classes, and can play their tails off in a game of football on Saturdays. And just because Notre Dame hasn't done enough good, a good enough job of finding enough of them to win football games and championships, don't get mad at the other schools because they don't have the same restrictions. That's why I scoff at the term a, a Notre Dame fit or a Notre Dame kid. Because the same kids that you celebrate as legends were 2.2, 2.5, 2.6, 2.7 grade point average kids that are not Notre Dame legends. 
and celebrate it because they have a Notre Dame degree and a national championship. But you still want to hold on to that Notre Dame fit. When the last national championship you got came from a roster full of kids, there weren't Notre Dame fits. But somehow, some way, when they were given an opportunity, they took advantage of the opportunity. Come on, man. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yesterday, as I said before, yeah, Jason, I agree. And they're, they're great ambassadors off the field. Drunk Eagles, you're right. Myron Rowe went to FSU. Notre Dame, I think, was in his – I think Notre Dame was like uh, – was in the running for Myron Rowe, if I'm not mistaken. They were very close to getting Myron Rowe. And he always said it was – Bobby Bowden's plan when he went on his recruiting trip, he said Bobby Bowden was the only coach that had a plan for him to be able to become a doctor and be a great NFL player laid out for him when he came on his visit. And that's what made FSU stand out. He said he was the only coach that had a physical plan for him to look at and say, I'm going to get you to where you want to go in both areas. When most most coaches were so fixated on what he could do on the football field, they didn't even pay attention to what he wanted to do off the football field. Thank you, Anthony Solomon. Notre Dame finished second for Myron Rowe. If a kid chose FSU today, over see that's once again it goes back to what I said a week ago. Like heaven forbids, heaven forbid that five-star could choose to go to another school because the coach actually had a better plan for them. When they walked in, the coach actually had a better laid-out plan for their career, and they chose to go to the other school. But every time a five-star kid chooses another school over Notre Dame, 
oh, the NIL, the this. We want to throw every other excuse in front of that young man to explain what happened instead of just saying, hey, they did a better job than Notre Dame recruiting them. That, that can't happen. It's crazy. Lucky Lucky Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube. And no, I saw somebody say, I do. I still say relax and let things play out with Justin Scott. I think I just said that. The same love he had for Notre Dame, he still has. That's what he's expressed to me. The question is, has his love for other programs superseded the love that he's had for Notre Dame? Because in my opinion, Notre Dame hasn't done the most like other programs have done in recruiting him. Sorry, I was getting shutters put in. Jesus. No, that's all good, bro. Oh, that's all I'm saying. But subscribe. Hit the thumbs up. Helps with the views. Audio edibles each and every day. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We spin it different. Notre Dame. New power rankings come out. They drop to 15 in the new power rankings. Now, these were combined with recruiting efforts of late, uh, returning production, and historical impact or historical performance. Notre Dame drops to 15th on ESPN. Um, I think if, if this article was put out, this is just my opinion. If this article was put out a month from now, Notre Dame will probably be closer to the top 10, especially if it includes recruiting. If it includes recruiting impact, Notre Dame's recruiting impact in the month of June is going to be far more impactful on their ranking, in my opinion. I think the month of June is going to be very good to Notre Dame from a recruiting standpoint. I mean, it gets greater later with Notre Dame. Notre Dame just has a weird way of showing love. It's more of like, you know, if if I'm talking to you, I want you. But I ain't about to be going all out the way, whereas other schools do go all out the way. And so it's one of those, you know, it's a mutual, you know, uh, you're interested in me as much as I'm interested in you. But it's uh, something where I like where we are as Notre Dame as a program being at 15 mm-hmm. because – or we always turn up at the end of the season mm-hmm. when it gets closer to when it's time to get right. So early preseason stuff, you got to think seven of those teams right now are going to drop out in the first month. They're going to drop out in the first month. Well, it might be like the first two or three weeks. Yeah, because, you know, usually get your first game is most teams have a pretty big one. And then there's like these games where they might slip up and lose to a marshal or something. So. Uh, teams with expectations that are placed in the 14 spots above us haven't probably been there too long, so they probably won't be there by the November comes around. It's so crazy, man, because I was looking at the Ohio State. (laughs) I think Ohio State starts with Indiana, and then I think they play Youngstown. and Dude, their schedule is awful. Their schedule is awful. They should be embarrassed. That's an embarrassing schedule. And I that's know why, that's why you only watch it for two times during the season. I know they're locked into the Big Ten. I know they're locked into the Big Ten schedule. But that's awful. Man, it stop. 
you can find a better you can find a better game than Youngstown. Yeah, you come on, Youngstown State. Really? You know, they those teams like that, they need those confident boosters. Yeah. That's a confidence booster. Heck, they play Indiana week one. That's a confidence booster. Not, but they're like the they're like they're like uh they're like the bullies, you know. The bullies like to pick on the smallest, the smallest ones. Uh-huh. We beat up the bullies at Notre Dame. You know, at least we're gonna stand our ground. They like, oh, they don't want a fair fight, they go fight somebody smaller, you know. Yeah. So that gives them their confidence and 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 you look back, you're like, man, they won 10 games. Yeah, eight of them were trash. So, let's see what happens. It is incredible to look at how Notre Dame is, in my opinion, left the most. I don't think media really research and dig into Notre Dame. I think they just throw a number at Notre Dame. I think they say, for business purposes, we have to have them ranked at least close to the top 10 because that brings a lot of attention and it makes it controversial because people are going to say, man, Notre Dame is overranked. Then you got to have a Notre Dame fan base saying, oh, my God, everybody hates us. Notre Dame is great business. I promise you, dude, I've been in the, I've been in the meetings. I've literally been in the meeting as the one that ran. I engineered Notre Dame football games for ESPN. That's right. I engineered the games. I engineered the basketball games. I've been in the meetings. Man, why do we have Notre Dame on this station? They're not even relevant anymore. Hey. Why why are we even having Notre Dame games? Why are we cutting out of Waddle and Sylvia? For Notre Dame basketball. I've been in these meetings. I've been in these meetings, bro. Like, why are we doing this? You know why. You You know know why. You know why. But the hate is so real, man. The hate is so real. You just talked about it with Jack Larson. How's this kid? What did he do? What did he do to go from a four-star to, to be ranked? Where what, did he, he, what did he do? What did Drake Bowen do? What did Drake Bowen do to go from, like, borderline five-star down to – he looks pretty good to me. Looks pretty fast to me. I only thought you can rise in stars, not drop in stars. <laughs> That's just – it's like – yo. It is it's beyond my understanding at times, bro, how we can continue to allow or even continue to really give a lot of our energy to these rankings that really, you know, they don't even give thought to Notre Dame. They just don't. They don't give thoughts to Notre Dame. They don't dig into the numbers of Notre Dame. They view Notre Dame as a top 15, a top 10 program. Every year, Notre Dame is going to be preseason ranked in the same area. And that's for business purposes. That's strictly for business purposes. It's good business to keep Notre Dame ranked right here. 
and then whatever Notre Dame does to outplay that, they deal with it. But it's like, don't give energy to this preseason stuff when it comes to Notre Dame. Don't, don't even get upset about it. There's no true homework done. Notre Dame is ranked where they're ranked annually from a business standpoint. We're like pound pound cake. Absolutely. We always in the top 10. We may not be number one, but we're not leaving the top 10 either. Because ain't too many desserts better than a pound cake. And a pound cake is always good at any time. Yeah. Some desserts you can't have all the time. Yeah. I can eat a pound cake all the time, just like key lime pie. That's what it is. No names like key lime pie. We're niche enough to where we're not in the families of the cheesecakes and the and the and the and the, and the apple pies. Mm-hmm. But we're we're darn good. And we ain't leaving that top 10 either on top desserts. <laughs> so we're gonna be around. Hey, speaking of, uh, I had some of that uh, Portillo's lemon cake. Mm. I'm a little mad. You know what makes me mad? These restaurants are getting cheaper and stingier, bro. With the portions? Because the Portillo's lemon cake used to be three layers. Now it's two. I'm mad about that, bro. Wow. Really? Cutting back on the layers? Really? It's, It's more expensive. With less layers. Make it make sense to me, love. The disrespect. They pinching pennies on layers of cake? Inflation that bad that you have to deflate the cake layers? Deflating the cake layers, bro. From three to two? Three to you two. Thought that was, you, thought that, you thought they were going to slide that by? They thought I, they know. They, I don't know how they thought they would slide it by me. Because, you know, your fork go down, you cutting through the layer. You're like, ooh, bro, two layers, three layers. You, so. you hit the bottom yeah. of the plate too fast when you're cutting through. You're like, what the? This is going to sound, this is going to sound crazy. You grow up in a, a black household like myself <laughs> with grandmothers, three layers is minimum. <laughs> I've never known a two-layer cake in my life. Like, I got to be able to. You know how you catch the cake as it falls? As it falls, yeah. It's too much. It's too many. It's too many. Yes. 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 That's the cake that we eat. That's, the cake we, that's what we grew up on. I got bro. the cake. I would have separated in the corners. I'm like, this ain't, what is this sponge cake? What is this? Fruit cake? I'm just saying. I, and I'm speaking from our experience. Yeah. You know, that's that's just a black grandmother thing. The hey. Oh, the cake got to fall over hey. when you cut it. If you got a three-layer cake with your grandmother, in our in the households we grew up in, they didn't have enough time. They rushed. <laughs> they rushed because the four the four layer cake was the thing. Yeah, three yeah. three layer was rushed. Yeah, you was rushing. Oh, oh, you you was late. You woke up late this morning. <laughs> Heck yeah. oh, you woke up late this morning. I got it. So I don't know what this two layer stuff is. No, this no. two layer stuff. That's recession. That's cake recession. <laughs> We gonna have to go back to honey buns because y'all done, Dude. y'all done gave up the layers. Whether it's double chocolate, ch- chocolate vanilla, or whether it's red velvet caramel, all oh, the caramel yeah. cake. Yeah. Dude, 
You can't, even, you can't even get creative with a two-layer cake. No. It's like, what can, what can you do? You can't <laughs> even have to see the different sections. Of the, you can't even do that. You might as well make a cupcake. Dude. What's going on? Dude, I'm, I'm, man, I can make a three-layer cake. <laughs> At the minimum, I can do three. I can that's do it with two. <laughs> Lucky Lefty Podcast. Who, in your opinion, LL question of the day? I was supposed to say this early, LL Nation. I'm sorry. LL question of the day. I, who is the most hate? Who is your most hated rival? Most hated what? Most hated rival. Not Notre Dame's biggest rival. Who is your most hated rival? By the way, on my trip to New Orleans. On a, my trip to New Orleans, just talking about cakes, I was in, I was introduced to a Milky Way cake left. A Milky Way cake left. What is that? The like? lady said it's, it's cake batter, but it's marshmallow flavor, and then right? Left is is cake batter, and they take Milky Way candy bars and introduce it into the batter, left. <laughs> Introduce it to the bat like they they met they had a meeting and and met the minds together. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. It was a little bit too rich for me. Yeah, so I passed on it. But they told me how they made it. Absolutely, Heart Foundation. That is a winner right there, my man. The pineapple up sound cake. Yes. See, some people make it too wet for me. I don't like my cake too wet. You know the weirdest thing. Are you a German chocolate cake person, bro? I'm not. I'm not. The coconuts throw me off. It does. I'm, I, I, I'm a texture person. I'm a texture person. What you mean? And the coconut it's, just the shavings don't don't yeah. don't go right with the the, the way the, the cake. The cake. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I always yes. I used to always say, can you make the icing without the coconut shave? Cause it almost gives you that popcorn with that popcorn thing with the kernel. Yes, it's the same thing with the coconut. I'm not trying to eat that with the cake that I'm trying. You know, it's just a a texture thing for sure. I yeah. think that's you getting too fancy. It's like, yeah, know, why are you putting all the, you know? Yeah, yeah, it always threw me off. My most rate, I would say, until social media in this past year. The most hated rival for me with Notre Dame had to be Michigan. And yes, Michigan, Michigan State. I, it it wasn't Michigan even State, close. Wasn't even close. What it wasn't mean? even close. Wasn't even close. You it just, didn't, even close. just didn't like playing. But it has been surpassed because I cannot stand Ohio State fans. Oh, <laughs> oh but we're not going to play them after this year, I don't think. So Media has, man, I cannot. The last year of dealing with Ohio State fans on social media, I hate Ohio State, bro. Yeah, you talking about spoiled children. They are spoiled children. They have become worse than Dallas fans. Dallas Cowboys fans? Yeah, worse than them. Man, bro. Because they won a little bit. You know, if Dallas fans won, it would be even worse. Ohio State fans have won a couple times, and they just are the same as Dallas Cowboys fans. It's just worse because they won a couple. 
Oh, I see ND Norm says Michigan State. Michigan State did plant the flag on, on, on the field. I told you it was Michigan, Michigan State for me. That was my worst teams. Mm. Never liked them. Was that a trash talking game, bro? The Michigan State game? It was, or the Michigan man, game? Michigan, it was when I played at Florida, they was trash talking. We played Michigan <laughs> our first game when I was at Florida. Uh huh. They was trash talking that game. They, they had a good game plan. We didn't adjust right. And uh, it's funny because we was whooping they, they butt when I was at Notre Dame. So. Hey, uh, Fighting Irish Raiders says uh, Ohio State is that kid next door that gets all the toys. Let me tell you something. I actually, yo, my best friend, his name is Leonard McDowell. That's my boy, LJ. Was actually that kid. <laughs> but let's do let me, this true story, man. He was that kid that got the toys, but then kept everybody. He was like a collector, bro. Oh shoot! So we would both get like the transformers, and like you would go to my room, and the transformers would be like on the floor or like on my desk, and he would always put his transformers back in the same packaging that they came back in every day. Oh, okay. He was he was like, man, I need this mint condition. It, dude, fast forward, fast forward to when Transformers the movie first came out. What about fifteen years ago? The mm -hmm. first one. He sold his Optimus Prime because he took care of it. He sold his Optimus Prime, I think, for like $1,300. <laughs> so I'm not saying, you know, you can laugh at those kids. They get all the things. You know, hey, that was my boy, man. His father had uh, Bulls tickets, season's tickets. We went to games at the Chicago Stadium. So, hey, I don't. I was good with the benefits of having a friend next door that got all the toys. Now, is that the same as my friend who she only buys furniture that she can resell? So, like, she'll buy antique furniture uh -huh. for, like, at a garage sale uh -huh. for, like, 500 but we'll, but we'll only buy it if she can resell it for, like, 1000 or something. Now, is that the same or is that just being super cheap frugal? I think that's kind of selective, but it's also a business savvy. You only buying move. furniture you can resell. Yeah. But the but obviously you're buying you're, it, you're buying obviously it off of research. Like, but you buy it off of like but that's researcher, right, bro? Know. She did her homework. She's what doing do you her call homework. Hey, hustling. That's what I call it. Before your furniture? She's a hustler. <laughs> She's a hustler, bro. Nothing's matching. <laughs> oh, 
That's how your furniture got a patch. Anthony Solomon, thank you for that, my brother. Super chat. Yo, I'm all good with that, man. That's gotta what be called about? something though. <laughs> you buying like second time around furniture. <laughs> but you but you only buying it to read. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's something. It's a hey, good idea. Hey, Michigan State played Notre Dame tough a lot of years though. So it was there were good games. There were good games. Yeah, just something about the Michigan, just the, the essence and, of it. Yeah, you know, people talk about hating Notre Dame. I think people have a more accustomed to hate Michigan. Because maybe it's from Ohio where we just didn't like Michigan either way. Yeah. But man, it's just like, man. No, no, no. I get Ohio fans, state fans are annoying, but we just hate Michigan fans. Yeah. Now, Coach Vic, this is something I know several people that do this. He said that's a different thing. It's like buying comic books from the state sale and flipping them for more money. Absolutely. Like, because you know, you go to the state sale, people might not understand the value you buy and then turn around and sell it. Because sometimes people don't understand the value or they don't value what they have, or they're in a position where they have to sell it for less. Or we get something for uh, that we think is good and end up cutting it for cheap. <laughs> oh no, man! We have an interesting way of we gotta clean that up because it's bad enough we're fighting up perception and recruiting, but then to actually practice weird things too is a little different for recruiting. So it's like, which way are we going? You know? Well, we'll see, bro. We'll see which way we go. Um, oh man, Sean Sabilano and Justin Scott will be the targets on the defensive line. Uh, don't exactly know where things stand with uh, TJ rushing, but Logan Thomas is the newest addition to the Notre Dame defensive line 24 class. Get out of Texas and look. I like the young man left. I mean, I'm I'm not hurt that this is a young man they ended up with in this class by any stretch of the imagination. You know what I'm saying? I love this young man, Katie Texas. Katie Texas historically, if you go back, Katie Texas historically has given Notre Dame some really good football players, man. They really have. So we just want to show a little bit of Notre Dame's newest commit, Logan. Thomas, defensive lineman, Paytow High School. Stand up right there, first play. What do you tell? You look more like a player. <laughs> right. Now you're looking to find somebody else on the field, right? They got a nice little team. Okay, you had to might rewind that because PD2 stood out right there. Okay. He has the ability doesn't look too stiff on a on a pass drop. The one thing you can say about Marcus Freeman is that he's getting guys that, that looked apart. He ain't getting these guys that if you walk past on the street, you like, oh, you play football. No, these are football players he's recruiting from a size standpoint. Uh, this kid definitely has a motor, and he's kind of a tweener. 
more like if, if he's in the three four, is he a rush in or is he a linebacker? He can play a little in and pass rush as well. Um, the thing I like what Marcus Freeman does also in his recruitment of defensive players is their motor. Guys that are chasing sideline to sideline, guys that are may may miss the tackle but make the tackle downfield or something. I think those are the guys that show up on Saturdays the most. These guys with high motor. Uh, and, you know, this play right here just shows a kid that has a high motor. He's going to go to the whistle and he's going to chase the ball no matter where he is on the field. Uh, has some athleticism, you know, and, and being able to uh, do so much. You know, if you can pass, drop, rush the edge, have run contained, uh, and then rally to the ball, you're a pretty complete defensive player. It's something that Marcus Freeman and Al Golden likes a lot because this is another – in line of a versatile player that can be a hand in the ground or he can be a stand-up uh, weak side linebacker. Uh, definitely adds to the the depth of the line uh, the linebacking room that's very versatile. Uh, where you, How do you really match up with it when they can do so many different things? I think he's just another part of why uh, I think that linebacking group and that, that front seven that we have is being developed the right way. Uh, with guys that are, are kind of just just freaky football players. And this is what you want to see, a guy that can add to a, a room that, that needs a star. Do I think he has star potential? I don't know. But I do think he reminds me a lot of what, like, a Julian Aquara looked like coming out of high school, doing some stand-up stuff, coming off the edge, being a, a, a run-contained type of guy. So, mm-hmm. um Definitely in line with the type of players that we recruit on the athletic standpoint. And hopefully, you know, he uh, makes a big impact. Like you said, this is the type of kid where, okay, this is the type of kid that can win in a, we can win big games with. Yeah. we Just get him here on campus. I don't care what position he ends up playing. Big contributor ASAP. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like you said, motor, sideline to sideline speed, versatility to be able to play different fronts, which is what you need with a national schedule like Notre Dame that goes from playing spread teams to power teams to option teams. To option teams to to, to Heisman quarterback first picks to, yeah. So whatever it is, you need this type of talent at Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. Add another incredible talent in the 24 class. Viper rush in Logan Thomas, Katie, Texas, Fantau High School, committed to Notre Dame. Great show today, left, spirited. The chat was lit as always. We appreciate you guys. You know what time it is. Petticoat. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction?
Eddie Junction, Petty Story of the Day, brought to you by Noah Whiskey and NoahWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey at NoahWhiskey.com. Um, I'm putting all of the major networks on the Petty Train mm. for laziness. Mm. And I would like to use Chris Mannix as an example today. Just listen to what this idiot had to say. Play is nobody talks about us. Nobody, you know, sp spends airtime discussing us. Colin Minch is writing about us because, frankly, the Nuggets aren't very interesting. Like, Nikola Jokic is arguably the best player in the game right now, but he's not someone that does a lot of interviews outside of the NBA-mandated stuff. He's, you're not going to see a lot of profiles on Nikola Jokic. Jamal Murray, great player, not especially interesting. Michael Porter Jr., excellent player, not especially interesting, at least not compared to what we have at the bottom of the playoff bracket, where you've got drama in Los Angeles almost weekly. You've got the Suns. Can they succeed in this first year with Kevin Durant? The Warriors, all their dysfunction this year. The Clippers, can they get it together? The Nuggets' problem is they're not respected. They're just not talked about. People just don't find them as interesting as some of the teams on the bottom half of the bracket. Because you you see, I guess, what, Steven Adams doing more commercials than, than Jokic? I mean, you're He certainly... doesn't want to do it. Like, he, he <laughs> j look, it's a kind of a cliche, but he just wants to play he wants to collect a check, and he wants to help his team win. That, that's really all that's on his mind that's it. any given week. he's not. You don't see him doing endorsement deals. You remember when he won the MVP award, both times the Nuggets had to fly over to Serbia to give it to him. He was out. He was gone. He was just hanging with his family back home uh, in, in Europe. So it's it, they're just not a compelling team to talk about, mm -hmm. to write about, at least not as compelling as some of the other teams I mentioned. First of all, you're lazy. Chris Mannix just says ESPN, Fox, and some of the other sports outlets have gotten lazy when they produce these shows. That's why you end up hearing the same topics for two hours over and over again. How many ways can we talk about the Lakers? How many ways can we talk about LeBron James? It's overbearing. Matter of fact, it does an injustice to the Lakers. It does an injustice to LeBron James. It actually causes people not to like LeBron James when he's really one of the greatest players to ever play the game. He should be beloved. He really should be beloved for what he does on the basketball court. But this is what social media and lazy writing does. It I agree with that. It creates haters. It creates haters. You're going to tell me that Jokic, being the best player, a point center, in the modern day, being the best player in basketball is a boring story. You're lazy. Michael Corder Jr. is going through multiple back surgeries, was once thought of as the next dude after LeBron coming out of college when he went to Missouri, played AAU with Trey Young from seventh and eighth grade, and they were the dynamic duo all the way up. You can tell me that you can't make a story out of that. You can't talk about that. You can't talk about how he's taking a role as a role player after being thought of as one of those dudes and has persevered all of the physical elements to now be the number three option next to Murray and Jokic and be happy in his life after dealing with mental issues that have been documented. But that's not, that's not a good story. No one wants to hear about that. No, Chris Maddox, you're lazy. I doubt your writing ability. That's the problem. You want the salacious title and then the subpar writing 
to be at the forefront. That's what the Lakers are. They're the headlines. That's what they are. The Nuggets, they don't have the salacious headlines. So you actually have to do some research. You actually have to do some digging because there are plenty of stories there. Jamal Murray in the championship series in the Western Conference Finals in the bubble, a series where, look, they went six games, but gosh darn it, it was about four seconds from being a seven-game series that Anthony Davis didn't catch that ball and hit the three-pointer from out of bounds to save the Lakers from losing that game. It was that close to being a seven-game series in the bubble. But you don't want to talk about how the Nuggets came back from that and then thought they were about to be the team to win and go to the finals of next year only to lose Jamal Murray to an ACL, a devastating ACL in the second half of the season and how he's coming back from that, having to miss a full season and regain himself and has become the Jamal Murray that was in the bubble. That's not a compelling story, though, love. That's not compelling. Nobody wants to hear about that. No one would read that. Maybe if you were half the writer you thought you would, people would read it. TV and money has made media lazy, love. That's people, true. When the money wasn't that good for the media and they just had to go out and find the stories and it was all about what they could write, we would have these compelling stories. But now, since they have podcasting and they have all these spots on TVs, now it's like, well, that's that's not a compelling story. No, you're just lazy, dude. You're just lazy. That's it. And it's turned sports radio, first take, get up. All The first hour of get up is the same as the second hour. Ain't nothing is different. It's the laziest producing I've ever seen in my life. <clears throat> It's lazy. But if I'm a producer and I'm getting paid mid six figures, and that's all I have to do every day is create one hour of content and just regurgitate it. What you think? What do you think I'm gonna do, left? Especially if it's getting ratings, what do you think I'm gonna do? It's the same thing as radio. See, this is the problem. And I'm gonna put the bulk of the responsibility on them, but then I'm gonna put some responsibility on us as the consumers. Because the consumers have to be better. Yeah. The reason they give you that regurgitated crap is because you eat it. And the ratings say so. You can sit here and talk about ESPN being trash, but the ratings say you tune in. Just like radio here. WGCI in Chicago is trash to me. You listen to a song, you're going to hear it 30 minutes later. The exact same song. That's it. It's terrible radio. I love LA radio, bro. Because one minute I hear something from back in the 90s, and the next minute I hear something current day. I love radio in L.A. Every time I go to L.A., I'm like, yo, this is what L.A. radio is supposed to I mean, this is what radio is supposed to be, a mixture of good music. But when the consumers listen in, there's no pressure for them to change the content. This is why we say we spend it different. This is why we do what we do. Because you never know which direction we're going to go with the story. We create stories, bro. <laughs> we create the content every day. We think about these things. We don't just want to regurgitate the same topics over and over again. To me, that's lazy producing and that's lazy content, bro. 
and we're really doing the sports world an injustice. There are plenty of stories with the Denver Nuggets. Talk about Kentavious Caldwell Pope, who was a key component on the championship team. Key component. And they traded them away from Russell Westbrook, which led to the demise of the Lakers. And now he's back. Well, hold on, hold on. Hold Let's on, let me finish. Let's say not, let, not demise. Dude, they didn't win another championship. That's demise to me. So, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> traded for Russell Westbrook only to come back with the Denver Nuggets and beat <laughs> the Lakers to get back to another chance. That's a story. That's a story. Do your job, man. Do your job, Jeff Green. Jeff Green. Jeff Green. Jeff Green. Long-time vet. Long-time beloved vet in the NBA. I'm talking about LeBron James loves Jeff Green. Yeah. Big-time vet for him as a youngster in Cleveland when he was coming up. Former teammate. Talks about his love for Jeff Green. Get his chance to go to an NBA Finals. Great story. Do your job. Go find the stories and write something compelling instead of looking for a compelling story. You see that, love? They, this is what they want. They want the compelling story clickbait so they can be lazy writers instead of finding the story and being great writers. See, it used to be about being great writers. That's what the business used to be about, being great writers, being great journalists, being great TV personalities. Now... Let's go find the salacious story, and then we can sit back and just laugh and hee hee and whatever. Come on, man. Chris Mannix, sit on the petty train, man. You and the rest of these people out here that are just being lazy right now when it comes to reporting. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. There's so much meat on the bone in Notre Dame football. Yo, we talk Notre Dame all day, every day. 10,000 ways, different directions. 10,000 ways, man. It is what it is. And you're right, Michael. Stats and hot takes, man. Stats and hot takes. See, they they want to talk about John Moran. Oh, my God. Let's talk about John Moran and his gun for 30 minutes. Really? There's nothing else to talk about? Nothing else? Let's talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers pulling his hamstring in practice. Come on, man. <laughs> Lucky Lucky Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow for the Culture Friday. Left. I got a real nice topic. Real nice topic. Real nice topic for tomorrow. Yeah, so it's it's an anniversary of a, for a particular film and a particular album. Mm, okay. So I'll leave you with this. Is Commons B the best album on good music? Is Commons B the best album ever released on good music? It's kind of a it's kind of a trick question because you have to go do your research to see which albums were officially released on good music. That's true. Yeah, on good music. That's on true because they, they were a part of uh, what is it, Interscope or something? Who are, who is good music part of? Yeah. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Have a great Thursday. Most of all, make sure you spend it different.